You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, part two of my mock draft, my first mock for the 2021 NFL Draft. We did picks 1 through 20. If you want to hear how those picks went before these get spoiled, go back to yesterday's podcast. We will hit 21 through 32 on today's program. And we've got some more news about Russell Wilson. Are there some legs to this Russell Wilson story that I've kind of not really paid that much attention to because I thought, no way Russ gets traded. thought the same thing when I first heard the Deshaun Watson stuff. So, Matt, uh, I think that'll, get, that'll be pretty fun to dive into these latest rumors as it pertains to the Seattle Seahawks and... Russell Wilson today at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL is where you can find us. Feel free to drop a question. We'll probably hit a couple uh, on other days, but on Tuesdays, we always do our Twitter mailbag. So get those in early and tag Matt and I on Twitter and just give us a follow anyway. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And uh, your team is also covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You know who else dropped a mock draft today, Matt? Mel Kiper Jr., the great Mel Kiper. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. Do you know who he had the Minnesota Vikings selecting a pick 14 in his mock draft? I scanned it real briefly. I can't say I know off the top of my head. I do know it was a big deal for Mel after all these years of doing mock drafts. It's the first one he did with trades. Yes, and because I, I, <laughs> I, I had heard a podcast with, or maybe I saw it on YouTube, it was a clip of, Mel and Todd going back and forth as they do. And Todd was just giving him all kinds of stuff. He's about, well, you won't allow me to do trades in my mock draft. So I've got to force things that I don't like. Mel Kiper finally relenting after doing this for 40 years. He's been doing it my yes. entire life. He relented and allowed McShay to do trades. And now he's doing trades too. So this is a this is a brand new thing. And and for, for a Times long time. Yeah, for a long time with mock drafts. Uh, a lot of the top people that were doing mocks in magazines never included trades, and I never understood that. I love putting trades in there because it just makes everything flow better because there will be trades, and it's not like you're getting things right anyway. So if you're going to be wrong, have more fun being wrong and try to find different ways that teams can Im- improve their roster because there will absolutely be trades in the NFL draft. Yes, and you've had a couple in your top 20. I got to commend you, BP. I think you've done a pretty nice job uh, through at least through 20 picks. We'll see if I'm going to ease up on you or what. But uh, through 20 picks, there's a lot of them here that made a lot of sense to me. A couple angles I hadn't thought of before. Well thought out. Well, thank you very much. That, that I appreciate that means a lot coming from you, Matt. And the reason I brought up Mel Kuyper's mock is because the one pick you really did not like at all was Elijah Vera Tucker to the Vikings at 14 and Mel had the same ah. pick, which I was surprised to see. I thought that was really funny. Okay. Um, it makes some sense. Um, my thoughts on the Vikes are they were really good on offense. They were really bad on defense. They have a defensive minded head coach. I bet he's thinking about defense. If you do want to go back and hear that, I'll give you one last chance before I spoil it and go through the top 20 picks before we go through 21 through 32 today. And it started, not surprisingly, with the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Trevor Lawrence, number one, Zach Wilson to the Jets at two, the Dolphins selecting Penny Sewell, a tackle from Oregon at three, Justin Fields at four, Ohio State quarterback, not to the Atlanta Falcons, it was the Denver Broncos trading up to pick four to select him, Bengals taking Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida at five, 
Eagles going with Jamar Chase, wide receiver from LSU at six. Lions selecting Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. The Carolina Panthers taking the fourth quarterback in this mock, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State at number eight. The Falcons, who traded with the Broncos at nine, going with Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia Tech. Cowboys, Patrick Sertain at 10. New York Giants going with Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama at uh, 11. And then the Miami Dolphins doubling up back-to-back with those wide receivers from Alabama, trading up with the 49ers to take Jalen Waddell at 12. Chargers, Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman from Northwestern. 14, Elijah Vera Tucker, as we just heard, for the Minnesota Vikings. The New England Patriots going with the first edge rusher off the board, Michigan's Quiddy Pay. Arizona Cardinals selecting cornerback J.C. Horn at 16. 17 was the Raiders and defensive tackle Christian Barmore. The 49ers who moved back a few spots going with pass rusher. Another defensive lineman in the first round for the 49ers. That's their M.O. Gregory Rousseau out of Miami at 18. 19 was Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, did not want to put him that high, but you know it. It just—it's the way it unfolded for me in this mock draft with how the board falls in the second half of the first round. Things being a little bit less solid with who the the pure first round type talents are in this class. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota, at twenty to the Chicago Bears, which brings us to pick twenty one and the Indianapolis Colts, who, despite being a pretty good team and figuring out their quarterback situation now with Carson Wentz, they still have. Plenty of needs, and similar to the Vikings, they could go offensive line, they could go defense, and I went with an offensive tackle here in Christian Darasaw for Chris Ballard's team, and essentially, uh, you know, keeping a strength, a strength here for the Colts, who'd like to have a strong front with left tackle Anthony Costanzo retiring. Makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, Vera Tucker, I, I've been doing my tackle rankings, I just finished them. And I, I put Vera Tucker in at guard, so I didn't include him there, but he can play tackle too, of course. Derisaw, to me, is clearly the third tackle behind the two that are already off the board. It's a major need. This front office has shown that they want to address this position. They will spend high picks at this position. You know, we've, we've had some talks, and they've had some talks about Quentin Nelson could bump the left tackle, but this is a much better option. This one is actually one of my least favorite picks, not because... I don't love the fit. I love the need plus value, but I think you're right. Darisaw might be someone with, you know, his skill set when he when you meet the the size and length and athleticism thresholds to be a, a true left tackle in the NFL. Those guys go quick and they go early. So yeah. Darisaw, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the second tackle off the board just because you mentioned Vera Tucker and even Rashawn Slater. Some of those teams might say, ah, that's that's maybe more of an interior offensive lineman than a true left tackle. So Darisaw could be number two and could go higher than 21. But if he is there for the Colts, I mean, I love this. Yeah, I, I don't know that he can get past the Colts. How about the Tennessee Titans going with Aziz Ojolari, a stand-up edge rusher from Georgia at pick 22? I mean, that was the thing that stood out like a sore thumb with that Tennessee Titans team in 2020 and it really held them back the pass rush and they need to get better as a pass rushing unit I think Ojolari really fits that multiple defensive front he can put his hand in the dirt he's actually gives effort as an edge setter even though he's listed only at 6'3 240 pounds and and brings some juice off the edge I have a feeling he might he looks bigger than that to me and I think he's got plenty of arm length which will really help him so I expect him to be you know a legit 6'3 and maybe be pushing 250 by the time he does his pro day workouts and have plenty of arm length to go this high in the first round. Yeah. As you mentioned, I mean, clearly that was the biggest weakness of this team last year. 
pass rush really showed up on their inability to get off the, the field on third downs. And I'm fine with the fit. I I, I I guess I have to study Ojolari a little bit more, but I think he's worth about this pick. He looks a little bit stiff to me, but that's okay. I mean, edge rushers are um, at a premium, and it certainly is a need. But I do think Tennessee has some new needs cropping up, you know, with mm-hmm. last year's first-round pick not being able to be counted on and Corey Davis and John Smith up. But uh, they have to do something about pass rush, so I'm cool with this. Yeah, the Isaiah Wilson thing really throws a wrench into the works for the Tennessee Titans that had hoped they were going to get a you know a long term right tackle. And uh, after Jack Conklin moving on, they don't have that still. So that's obviously a big need for the Titans. The New York Jets, Jalen Phillips, edge rusher from Miami, and man, the edge rushers Miami had. They have a guy like Gregory Rousseau who's so talented as a freshman, opts out for 2020, and they still have Quincy Roche who transferred from. Temple and Jalen Phillips and Jalen Phillips might be the best edge rusher in this class. And I wouldn't be shocked if some teams had him as the number one guy. And he was the first edge player off the board because he has everything you need. Really good size. He is flexible, can bend the edge. The big problem with Jalen Phillips is he started out at UCLA and had concussion problems and then transferred to Miami and really only had the one year of of big time production this year, but he was awesome. And when you watch the tape on Jalen Phillips, uh, he's legit, so I don't know how far the concussion problems will push him down, but really for the Jets, I would be blown away if they don't take a defensive end at pick 23 with how the board falls and how many really good edge rushers there are later in the first round, and Robert Sala believes in it. He comes from the 49ers. That was, I mean, that was number one on their manifesto. We're going to build from the defensive line out, and it is so important, so I fully expect the Jets to go with an edge rusher to pair with some of their other young defensive linemen like Quinn and Williams on the inside. And I like the fit here for Jalen Phillips to the Jets. Yeah, really well said. I mean, you mentioned the Sala background. I mean, how much success he had in San Francisco with great front and start from the front back. I'm sure the Jets will do the same. Um, Phillips to me is, is fine value as long as the concussion thing isn't lingering, but that's Above my pay grade, I mean, apparently the the Hurricanes didn't have a problem with it. Um, We didn't have a combine, so we didn't get any red flags from that. But um, there are quite a few edge guys that look like they'll go in this neighborhood. And the Jets have had a need here forever. I mean, (laughs) it seems like since Mark Gastineau or John Abraham. I mean, they they haven't had edge guys forever. I, I think this is a very likely scenario that the 23rd pick is a edge player. Coming up, pick 24 in your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, will finish up round one, 24 through 32 of Peacock Mach 1.0 next. Now is the perfect time to make sure your vehicle is up to the task with inclement weather, whether it be snow or rain, wherever you are, make sure you got the right wiper blades in there, your tires are on point, safety for you and your family, keep your car running smooth and get everything you need at rockauto.com. An amazing selection, easy to navigate website, reliably low prices. You don't need to look any further than rockauto.com. Classic cars, your daily driver, everything you need for your car or truck. They're a family-owned business, been around for 20 years, helping you find parts online at rockauto.com. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices, right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need. 
I struggled a little bit with the Pittsburgh Steelers pick, Matt, and I know you went with a running back in your first mock draft, and I could totally see that happening, but uh, as you might have noticed, and I'll spoil it for anybody else out there, there's zero running backs in the first round of my mock draft, uh, and that is definitely by design. I just think for the Pittsburgh Steelers, with Villanueva's future uncertain, with Marquise Pouncey's retirement, I just think offensive line is is too important for the Pittsburgh Steelers and with some really good players still on the board and a guy like Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame who could plug in and play left tackle. He could play right tackle. He could probably play some guard if you need him to early in his career. Uh, I just think the offensive line needs Trump, the running back needs here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. I, I I would bet pretty heavily that in some way, shape or form, the, some sort of trifecta, like in a horse race, the first three Steelers selections will be a tackle, a center, and a running back in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what order it's going to be. Um, I've been leaning running back, which I usually don't do. I mean, I'm more like you that I'd rather invest in tackles than running backs. I mean, nine out of 10 times. But in this draft, I don't think that there's a lot of running backs. So that's why I've been leaning towards Najee Harris here. Not that I feel super strong about it or have any inside scoop. Tackles are more valuable than running backs. But if they get shut out on Harris, ATN, and Javante Williams, they might not be a a back worth taking for them. Um, But still, tackles are gold. I've been saying on my Steelers show that if Derisaw happens to make it to 24, that's a run to the podium guy. You know, that's, that's the home run for the Steelers. I don't dislike Eichenberg, but I don't think he'd be my tackle I took here. Is there one of the other tackles you like better than Eichenberg at this spot? If someone like maybe Elijah Vera Tucker does fall here, which is only 10 spots later than I had him, and I could totally see that happening. He's maybe a more athletic, undersized tackle. I'm not sure if that's a great fit. There's maybe some more power tackles that, that could be available. Jalen Mayfield, uh, Tevin Jenkins is another. Yeah, I would say J- Jenkins for sure. Mayfield as well. I have both those guys ranked ahead of Eichenberg. But I think that, you know, we haven't talked about this much, and we'll do my tackle ranks at some point, but there's about a dozen of them, including Eichenberg, that I think are would fit the need. You know, there's a lot of tackles in this draft. This depends what size you want, you know, what, what flavor of ice cream you want. Eichenberg, to me, is kind of like hitting a double, and I would rather swing for the fences a little bit more and take a little bit more risk. But you're right, it's definitely a need. And as it stands right now, Chuksakorafor is the only tackle under contract for the Steelers. Another part of this, and maybe I'm looking a little bit too much into it, I'm thinking, okay, well, Eichenberg is the left tackle, and maybe Mayfield is a right tackle. And you think back to last year's draft, it's not like Tristan Wirfs could have not played left tackle if a different team drafted him, even though he was playing right tackle at Iowa his last year. He did play some left tackle too. But you get this left tackle, right tackle idea, and sometimes I get that in my head, and that's kind of why I was like, okay, Eichenberg's a left tackle, so maybe he's a better fit for the Steelers. That was part of my thought process, but maybe that shouldn't be part of the process at all. Maybe not nowadays. I mean, certainly the styles have changed. It used to be the finesse pass blockers are on the left and the big maulers are on the right. Well, that doesn't matter anymore. But you also don't want a guy to learn a new trick. I mean, if someone's exclusively been a left, you don't want to put put him in at right or vice versa if you can help it. Um, I do think, I mean... This isn't a super exciting take, but I do think the Steelers will bring back Zach Banner, who they liked quite a bit at, on a cheap deal, and he got hurt in the first week of the play of the season and can take a risk on a higher guy that'll be the third tackle right off the bat. That, that's why I'm not as 
mm. set on a plug and play guy like Eichenberg. I like that. You, um, Zach Banner is a large human being. You can kind of plug yeah. him in. You know, we have someone who can start some games for you if you have more of a project and tackle that meets the the physical, you know, benchmarks that you're looking for, and then maybe need mm-hmm. some development. I like that. Yeah, yeah. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars at 25 going with Jeremiah Awusu Koromora? One of my favorite prospects in this draft. The more I watch him play, the more I like him. He could play outside linebacker. He could play middle linebacker. He could play safety. He can come off the edge. He's such a good pass rusher and a blitzer. I think the, his most similar comparison is probably Jamal Adams. That That's the kind of the type of player. Yeah. I picture with him, and I talked yesterday about, man, I could see him in Gus Bradley's defense playing a Cam Chancellor type of role. Cam Chancellor's bigger than Owusu Koromora by, by kind of a lot, right? So right, uh, yeah. that's the, st- the, the type of player he is, and I think with Jacksonville, this is as far down as I could put uh, JOK because Jacksonville needs a lot. He's a new school player. They're building a new program in there, and you know, multiple defense bring in a player that's positionless for the positionless brand of football that is coming for a team that could be good at some point in the next couple of years that could really uh, um, need that type of versatile player when they are ready for prime time. Yeah, you said a lot of good stuff there. I like the player an awful lot. Uh, The couple of mocks that I've fiddled with and done, I've always had him fall farther than I want him to, which I have, have a hunch is what you did here was... He's too good a player. I got to jump on him now. Yeah. We need everything, you know, that type of deal. They got tons of picks. They can afford luxuries. True second-level players is probably the only thing they don't really need on defense. I mean, Schobert and Jack are pretty good. But you mentioned the Adams-Chancellor role as well. So I think he could do that. I mean, the Jags need everything. So if this pick is the best defensive player on the board, no matter what, once you have your quarterback, that makes a lot of sense to me. Pick 26, the Cleveland Browns, Zaven Collins, offensive or uh, outside linebacker from Tulsa. And how about this one? I, this one's tough for me because you try to get in their head and they're an analytically driven front office there in Cleveland still. Maybe a linebacker is not a position that a, a team like that would value a ton. But I think this day and age, again, positionless football, what can you do? Like, how many different positions can you play? Are you just a a true thumper? Okay, maybe not. But for someone like Zayvon Collins, how about this for a modern-day linebacker? Collins had a 90-plus grade, according to Pro Football Focus in 2020, in both coverage and as a pass rusher. So, I mean, that's pretty valuable for an outside linebacker that you can put on a tight end, put on a running back, and he can be a really good coverage player for you. Or if you want him to blitz and go after the quarterback, he's really good at doing that too. So as far as an outside linebacker, Zayvon Collins uh, had a really good season. He was, I think, top seven defender grade-wise for PFF in the entire country last year. This makes sense. I really thought the biggest weakness on the Browns was middle of the field, second and third level defense. You know, linebackers and safeties, um, they at least get some of the corners back, so maybe they'll be in a little bit better shape there. But he can also play edge, which I think is important because Olivier Ver- Vernon suffered an injury late in the year, might not be back anyway. You know, a lot of people are mocking edge guys to Cleveland. We've even heard J.J. Watt's name associated with the Browns in that capacity. So he is more than just a second-level dude. I mean, he can come down and – and from an analytics perspective, that pass rush is very valuable. And he's long. You know, I, I think he's the type of guy that disrupts throwing lanes well. 
uh, would be a problem for the Lamar Jacksons of the world and, you know, to just be over the middle of the field and maybe even matches up with Andrews and guys like that. So I think it fits a need. The middle of the defense for the Browns is very soft. And someone like Collins would have zero effect on if they did sign J.J. Watt. You know, obviously right, they right. can play together, and that would be a nice complete package there on the defensive side in the front seven. Joseph Asai going to the Baltimore Ravens at 27. Edge rusher out of Texas can be a stand-up type of edge rusher, which is a need for the Ravens. I like this pick a lot. I don't think we need to say a lot about it. Need meets value here. Right, exactly. They they have very few edge guys under contract as it stands right now. I bet this is edge or O-line. Trayvon Morig, looking like the consensus top safety right now in this draft out of TCU Athletic, can play in deep center field, can play in the slot, can do a lot for you at safety. And I know the New Orleans Saints value that type of player and one of their uh, really good defenders there, Marcus Williams. I don't think the Saints with their cap situation can afford to uh, re-sign him. So they just get a one-for-one replacement in center field with Morig replacing uh, Marcus Williams. Yeah, and I would think that would keep the defense quite competitive. I mean, I I don't see a lot of holes on that side of the ball if you replace the one that's going to walk out the door. And you get the best player at his position with the 28th pick. Also, by the way, this is kind of where I had an idea I was going to place Mac Jones, but I ended up putting him at 19 to Washington. I think 28 overall would be my over-under if I was betting on where Mac Jones goes in the draft, depending on what's going on with Drew Brees, and we don't have any clarification yet on Drew Brees' retirement. Is he going to retire? Is he not? I don't know, and I don't know if that would make a big difference. It might mean if Brees doesn't retire, maybe they don't bring back Jameis Winston, and Winston goes somewhere else, and they draft a guy at 28 instead. So I just want to throw that out there. I do think Jones would be a favorite of Peyton. I can absolutely see that fit for sure. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers yeah. at 29. I wanted to go wide receiver here. I was thinking about Rondale Moore, Kadarius Toney, but I thought about how things went for them in the playoffs and was like, you know what? There's one more, I think, first-round caliber cornerback that meets the height, weight, speed of what you want in a first-round player. Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern here to Green Bay. I did something similar, you know, where, I, where everyone I think is going to put a receiver here I just think you'll get a much better round two receiver than you'll get a round two corner. You know, we saw as great as Ari Alexander is, he can only cover one guy and the per- the guy opposite him needs to be a high quality player. We saw what happens when he isn't. So I think this has a great chance to be a corner. Continuing the offensive tackle run late in round one here, pick 30, the Buffalo Bills going with Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. The Bills have four offensive linemen hitting free agency, including their starting right tackle and Daryl Williams. They're kind of a team that doesn't need anything. I mean, they could probably keep the guys intact if they want. Um, one other, two other directions I could see them going is maybe a corner opposite Tre'Davious White, but I'm not sure there's one that's worth it. Maybe a difference maker, pass rusher, edge type guy. I might be overvaluing what I saw and some recency bias from the Super Bowl, but I've got the Kansas City Chiefs going with an offensive tackle as well. Dylan Radins out of North Dakota State, and I really like Dylan Radins. I think he's going to shock yeah. people with how high he goes, and I, I I would be surprised if he doesn't go in the first round uh, after I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he was probably the best offensive tackle at the Senior Bowl, and obviously we know the injuries that hit the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, but both uh, Schwartz and Fisher who were hurt for the Super Bowl. They're both going to be free agents after 2021 as well, so this is maybe not... The most immediate need, if they are both back and healthy, and I think Schwartz actually just had his surgery yesterday, uh, but I've got Dylan Radins of North Dakota State here going to the Chiefs at offensive tackle 
and maybe a lesson learned last year for some of these teams at the end of the first round where you think, man, what do you get a team that has everything? It's tough to buy those team teams gifts. Well, maybe just, you know, maybe a, an undersized running back, which is a lot of fun, or uh, a really explosive wide receiver would be a lot of fun, but maybe be a little bit more pragmatic and, and make sure your front seven or your offensive line is rock solid. Yeah, maybe you learned that lesson last year that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a luxury you probably shouldn't have taken. Um, I have no problems with Raidens at 31, and I think O-line should be the direction they go, but they, they have a lot of needs on defense as well. My only concern with the fit is, I think, and, and you mentioned the tackle injuries. I don't know if they'll be ready for the start of the season or not. And I know Mayfield's gone, but if, if a guy like Mayfield was still there, that has guard experience, I think that would be great. Plug him in at guard, and then when his turns, you know, comes up to go to tackle, move him on out. Finishing up round one, pick 32, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've got them, and here is the end of the run. Well, I don't know. The, the run could probably continue into the second round, but it ends here for me. The run on edge players and offensive tackles was uh, it kind of blew my mind. I was surprised by it. There were so many good prospects, and every single team in the NFL needs more pass rush and more pass Protectors. I've got him going with Jason uh, Owe from Penn State, the edge player. You know, Shaquille Barrett. They've got uh, a number of free agents. Dominican Sue, yeah. Devontae David, Chris Godwin. So they've, they've got to replace some of those players with some cheap rookie talent. Yeah, and so that's hard to project. You know, which one won't come back? Um, if it's not Godwin, I'm not sure that they would even go receiver. They might just re-sign AB and go from there. Um, if Sue leaves, I bet they'd be in the market for a D tackle, but who would you take at this point? I don't think there's one that's obvious. Um, it, it, would you take another linebacker after drafting David is high? I don't know who that would even be at this point. So edge makes a lot of sense. And even if you would bring, be able to get Shaq Barrett back, which I think is possible, Pierre Paul's not young and you know, mm -hmm. you could bump him inside on pass rush downs and put the rookie opposite too and get all, get a NASCAR package out there. And even you might even need to clear JPP's salary if you do bring back Shaq Barrett. So it might be one right, or the other right. proposition anyway. Yeah, you might get one or the other. All right. And that is the end of nice my work. mock draft 1.0. It was a lot of fun. I love it. You learn a lot about the teams. You learn a lot about the league. And you learn a lot about the prospects. And I started getting very deep into those tackles and those edge players, especially because there are so many of them. And I was trying to separate, okay, who do I like more? And so I, this is kind of how I see them right now in February. And we'll be doing it again often uh, throughout this draft season. So that should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'll come up with one, I'm sure, too, in the next couple of weeks as well. And fun stuff. Let's talk Russ Wilson. Is he actually potentially going to leave Seattle? We'll get into it next. So much to play out over the course of the 2021 offseason. And even though the games are over, you can still bet on most of what's happening at betonline.ag. You can bet on who the first pick, the second pick, the third pick, the first wide receiver will be in the 2021 NFL draft. Where will Deshaun Watson get traded? Where will J.J. Watt end up? will win the Super Bowl in 2022. No end to things you can have some fun with and make a little money at Bet Online. And by the way, get a welcome bonus. Bet Online even covers awards and uh, TV shows, reality TV, whatever. You can find a line for it at Bet Online. Real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. 
Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Short answer for me, and publicly the short answer for the Seattle Seahawks when it comes to Russell Wilson is no, he's not going anywhere. But I, th- I found this fascinating. First of all, a shout out to our friend, Mike Sando, who was a regular guest in our Locked On NFL program, put out an article that delved deep into the struggle that's going on there for power between uh, Russell Wilson and the front office and the head coach. And, and maybe there are some bridges burned there. This from Adam Schefter, which I thought was really funny. Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, his agent Mark Rogers told ESPN. Wilson has told, though, the Seahawks that he wants to play in Seattle, but if a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. And I thought, man, that is a genius way to request a trade. Say, hey, I don't want to be traded, but (laughs) trade me me to this place or this place. (laughs) It, it, don't bother calling, you know, the the Bengals or Browns or you know what I mean. Like these these are the teams you might as well call if we're going to get that get to that point. I'll save you some work. I don't know. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing went away quickly after they got eliminated. I thought this would as well, and it's still lingering. And I am not bashing Pete Carroll. I think he's a great coach and probably deserves to get in the Hall of Fame someday. But I've kind of thought that this coach quarterback relationship has Wilson's carrying his more than his side lately. You know, like just to put it nicely mm-hmm. that this is not an analytically driven team. They, the whole Russ cooking thing, whatever. But I mean, they had, they've, they've handcuffed him to some degree. I bet that gets a little old, you know, that I, 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 I could see, you know, he watches the, the chiefs or some of these other teams and thinks, what if I was in an offense like that or with Sean Payton, um, I don't know why the Bears are on his list, by the way. Side note. Um, <laughs> that, that one sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you really want to go to the Bears and play in the slop? And they're know, all they're, NFC they're really teams, too. Right. Is that weird that they're all NFC teams? I guess it kind of is. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that either. I mean, Dallas isn't the most schemed up offense, but they got a lot of guys, at least. Um, I, I don't know. I can't imagine it happening, but I keep going back to Schefter, who is so dialed in. And he was saying 18 teams could have new quarterbacks and he's the one reporting this stuff. I bet there is more fire to the smoke than we want to admit, but what would the bears have to give up for Russell Wilson? You know what I mean? Like what's the asking price for that guy? If you're the bears, I mean the next five first round picks and Seattle doesn't even like first round picks. Some of my locked on 49ers listeners have gotten some pleasure watching this play out with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, but be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you're going to get a bunch of draft picks, and I would imagine the Seahawks would be quickly trying to flip those draft picks for someone like Watson or Dak, right? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that angle. I just kind of thought of, okay, what are they going to pry? It almost have to be like a three-way deal, because like I said, Seattle trades their first-round picks left and right. I mean, if I'm the Bears or one of these teams, I don't have much else to give. I got to give you picks. So we'll just hold them for a minute and then send them to Dallas for Dak or Houston for Watson. Then all of a sudden, Seattle's scary for, you know, as scary maybe, but for a longer stretch, you know. So I hadn't thought of that. That's a good way of digging into it, that, you know, be careful what you wish for 
Playing against Wilson twice a year is no fun. I think he's better than Dak and Watson right the second, but will he be two years from now? I probably right. maybe not. Probably not, you know. I don't know. I, I'm just not seeing how this puzzle gets put together if he leaves. I mean, they've had such success together. They've won a lot. Um, I'm not sure on that one. Okay, if you're in charge of Seattle and John Gruden calls you and says, Derek Carr and two firsts. Derek Carr and two firsts? I'd say no from Seattle's side. I'm not trading Russell Wilson for the opportunity to become mediocre. I mean, Carr plus Rashad Penny and LJ Collier, right? That's what you could end up becoming, moving on from your superstar franchise quarterback that is one of the biggest reasons why you've won games for a decade. Right. They're not going to be top 10 picks or top five picks. And that's fine, but it's the best your pick worst is team. the one you're getting this year at 17. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. If that's what Pete Carroll wants to do at his age and Cowboys, yeah. Saints, Raiders, Bears. How do you come up with those four teams? That is a weird the Bears. Like, team. why do you want to go to the Bears? It's not like the Raiders are a powerhouse team right now. I could get the, you know, the Cowboys are quote unquote America's team. The Saints, and they have a lot of weapons on offense. The Saints, Sean Payton, they're perennial winners. That makes makes perfect sense. Raiders and Bears, and neither one of those teams makes sense to me. I don't know. The the fact that there's no other teams on the list either is super strange. Right. That is super strange. I'm going to sound extremely naive here, but isn't Russell Wilson's wife a celebrity? I mean, maybe she wants to go to Vegas or L.A. or, I, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, is there I guess there's a some, reason? Is there a city she might want to go to because of her, you know, career? Yeah, I, maybe some glamour to the Las Vegas know. market, maybe. I don't know. I'm still, I'm not sure on that one. It's not like L.A. or New York or something. That, that no, right, right. Sense. It's not like any of those are hotbeds for, you know, a, a celebrity. I, well, I, mean, I the, don't know. The I'm, Bears could totally. be a quarterback away from winning. So in a lot of ways, maybe the Bears makes more sense than the Raiders even. But what could they give up? I mean, like, David Montgomery's not going to move the needle for me. I don't want Khalil Mack. You know, like, I think five first-round picks, and you're going to be good, and they're going to be late. <laughs> the Raiders is the only AFC team, and it's in the AFC West. You're playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for division titles every year. Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers have a chance to be good yeah. for the long term. I mean, I, I don't understand the fit. And, okay, and then how about this? Watson ends up in Denver. Wow, how about that division? <laughs> Talk about loaded. I'm sure your Niner fans agree with me, but I I wonder if they were to make a deal for Wilson, if they were to trade Wilson, I think he's up there at the top of the list of the great deodorants in the league. Seattle, to me, mm-hmm. could quickly become a 5-6 win team. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about yes. it. Yes. They could crumble quick. Is the defense for real? Is... Uh, is Wilson making the offense go? Do they of end up with a, is. A, a more of a dink and dunk style quarterback that can't make DK use of DK for, like know. Watson or like Wilson has? Right, right. I mean, I, I, Pete Carroll's up in age. Is he going to change his ways? You know, like if I, I think Wilson's the locomotive of that team, and if you got rid of that and didn't replace him with Dak or Watson, and even then they would not have an easy go of it. All right, we're out of time here, Matt. We yeah, gotta we gotta go on this, and I'm sure this story is not gonna go away. the The Watson story is not gonna go away. There are still some dominoes to fall when it comes to NFL quarterbacks, and there's a lot that still is going to happen. We'll have it covered for you daily here. We've got NFL draft, free agency. You're gonna want to subscribe and stick around every day and hang out with us on Peacock and Williamson.